what we do here is go back, 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 back. I think we can all agree the Chiefs are overrated and the Broncos yes. are frauds. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald, rocking it solo for this quick introduction for you guys. Uh, our recap episode this week, we hopped on with the Charged Up Bolt Podcast, a fellow Pigskin Podcast Network uh, podcast representing the Chargers. Uh, it was a fantastic interview. We get into just about anything and everything. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that we disagreed on. There's a lot of things within the division we did agree on. So we get into a full breakdown of just what to expect, what we think is going to happen. We do predictions, score predictions. We get into a lot of it. It was a fantastic uh, kind of, I won't say interview, but it was kind of, you know, a roundtable discussion. So we hope you guys enjoy that. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars. Go follow us on Twitter at Take Raider. Follow us on Instagram, Raider Take Podcast. The YouTube is Raider Take Podcast as well. Go sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, they're giving away $150 when you sign up for first time. Use code TPPN. They've just got so many different offers, amazing deals uh, for you. So go check that out. Use the promo code TPPN. Really goes a long way in not only supporting our podcast, uh, but also the gentleman that we hopped on with and the whole network itself. So once again, we appreciate everything and we will see y'all next week. Hey, Bolt fam. How's it going? Uh, this is your boy, Adroid Ayers, hashtag audible chocolate. Uh, we're out here uh, doing our thing at the Herbert hangar uh, and I've got some special guests with me. So it's my good friend that you know uh, so well, John was junior uh, coming directly from London, but we've got two, great guests from the Raider, uh, the Raider take podcast. That's Andy and Micah. Uh, really happy to have them on here. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, that's at Mike Micahson 55. That's M I C A H S O N 55 and at underscore Andy Mac two underscore. Don't forget those two underscores. You'll be bugging a different Andy <laughs> Mac too. Uh, who's an Arsenal fan. So go Arsenal. Uh, anyways, happy to have you guys on here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us, guys. Great, appreciate it. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, the reason we have you guys on here, and the reason we're doing this thing together, is we really want to get uh, a really good understanding of how the other fan bases are feeling about their team. And obviously, we're looking on the outside at the Raiders, going, "Is this for real? You know, what do we have to fear about?" coming up on monday you know are, are we worried about josh jacobs what's his injury status if you've got any inside information there or anything like that but first let's start like how is raider nation feeling about a three and oh start mike i'll let you start there man yeah well i mean i i think that raider nation is always like the highest of the high when we get some type of winning streak uh raiders haven't won gone three and oh since 2002 when they went to the super bowl um, so that's a little different like angle to it. Um, Raider nation is high. There's with Raider nation. They're one, there's one side or the other. They're extremely high or people are super pessimistic and there's not a whole lot in the middle. So if you're on Raiders Twitter, you're seeing a lot of optimism right now. You're also seeing a lot of like, we're going to get let down again type of thing. So, but I think right now, as we sit here going into week four, you know, 
a lot of optimism to look at. Yeah, I, I agree. It um, it's interesting. I, I joined Twitter um, last year, so I'm pretty new to all this. And um, Mike has been able to kind of get me through the the ups and downs of, of Raider Nation. So it's it's a funny question because I don't think it'll ever be answered, right? I don't think there's ever a true temperature check of where Raider Nation is. But I think as as far as you know what we've seen and how we've looked at it is there's been some good quality wins. Um, the little things that we've been able to adjust and um, grow on have been good. Um, we can't, you know, we're actually developing our, our draft picks, which usually they're just, we will take them and trade them or cut them within a year. So I think there's certain things that have been promising at the end of the day, it's, they're still the Raiders and they're still going to be three, and zero with two overtime wins that feel like we should have lost the game. So I think it's a lot of different feelings, but we're three and zero, and, you know, there's a lot of things to look forward to, but a lot of, a lot of corrections out there. Uh, I just <laughs> really curious about how you guys are feeling and the fan base is feeling about Gus Bradley. Obviously he was our defensive coordinator for many years. So uh, now he's running your guys' defense uh, looks pretty solid uh, as most Gus Bradley defenses go, but do you have any worries about the defensive side of the ball um, coming into Monday? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll jump into it as far as Gus Bradley and what he's shown through the you know first three weeks. I think, what really it's come down to is we're we're disciplined. Um, we're more disciplined than we have been. A lot of it's it's an assignment based defensive scheme, right? So I think there's a lot of ways where um, we we took we took a little aggressive approach um, with Gunther in the past, and you know Ken Norton Jr. If you want to go back that far, but there are certain things where guys were just out of position. I think he's he's able to look at it, and I think it can be soft at times. Um, it can be a little. Um, you know, he doesn't dial it up as much. And I think that shows as far as how many blitzes we've, we've sent home um, throughout the first three weeks, but all in all, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an assignment based, it's a discipline based defense. And he's been able to get up to this point, the most out of the players, you know, you think Jonathan Abram, he moves all around. He's not Derwin James. I love Derwin James, by the way, just to put it out there. Um, Abram's not um, Derwin James by any means, but he, he has used them all across the scheme. And I think that's been um, advantageous for Abrams. So I think you see a lot of those good things. And, um, but at the end of the day, you got to have, you got to have the guys to do it and execute and um, stay disciplined. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with Bradley up to this point. Yeah, I would, I would just second all that. Um, I think the biggest thing that we've seen in regards to like Andy was saying with the blitzes is that we've been able to create pressure with just the, the four guys up front um, or the five guys up front. And so that for Raider nation, we have never had much of a pass rush. Um, outside of having Khalil Mack doing everything. Uh, but just to be able to get to the quarterback within the interior four has been such a huge difference for us. And, you know, it's just like Andy was saying, just so much more discipline, um, so much more like guys like knowing their job and doing their job specifically instead of like trying to do everything and them just blowing coverages all over the place. So, um, so far, I mean, very excited. I mean, guys – I, uh, I wrote in the, yesterday actually an article on um, Mike Williams, who's obviously playing lights out for the Bolts. I think the, the matchup with him and Casey Haywood is going to be absolutely phenomenal on Monday. Haywood's playing lights out right now. Um, I think he's, he's he's one of the top five uh, defensive backs in coverage. He's not giving an awful lot up. He's going to be under the cosh um, with, with Keenan Allen as well on Monday. But that's also a flip side because you guys are playing unbelievably um your passing game and our passing game are arguably the two strongest facets of our teams so i think when both teams got the ball on uh, the football on on monday night i think we're going to see some really good mashups how how you guys shut down our passing game and vice versa i, th I think it's going to be really interesting because we've got two quarterbacks um surprisingly Derek carr is pr probably in the form of his life right now 
it's not really a surprise that Herbert is, is playing where he is after after his rookie year. But Hayward versus Williams and, and Allen is is probably going to be the the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to most. Um, has Hayward surprised you this season? Um, I think he's been as as advertised, right? And I think that's been that's been promising because we brought in guys in the past where they, you know, we thought we we're going to get a certain lift out of them, but it all comes down to um, scheme fit. It all comes out to how we, how we actually play them. So Hayward with the familiarity of Gus Bradley is great and he is healthy, right. And he's still um, playing up to what we thought. So I think that's, that's really the case. I mean, when it comes down to it, if, you know, I know we're, we'll get into the more preview later, but the three quarterbacks we face have been Lamar Roethlisberger and Jacoby Brissett. Um, and you think Lamar, he can extend the play, um, but he's not a true pocket passer from, from that extreme. Right. So, um, I think there have been certain things we've been able to get away with a little bit. And so with Herbert, he's not only someone that can escape when it's a four man rush, but he can also create down the field. He can also create accurately down the field. So that's something that, you know, I'm afraid of. And also with, you know, Keenan Allen's route running ability. And then, I mean, he's just fantastic all across the boards, but Mike Williams, it's, it's not 50, 50 when the ball's in the air, it's about 70, 30. So um he's someone that I'm, I'm afraid of and it's going to be a good battle but all in all Hayward I've been really really happy with yeah definitely he's been he's been great and he you know going into this year we looked at our secondary and said we got a lot of young guys a lot of young promising talent we need a vet to come in and kind of shape that room show them how to be you know professionals and bring them along but also you know be a key part to our defense and We've brought in vets before that were going to be like role players. We've tried to bring in guys that were, you know, we wanted to be that route. Um, Hayward's kind of the only guy in a long time that's actually done that, come in to be a vet, but also, you know, be the top corner on our team and be the, you know, that number one guy or, you know, 1A, 1B with Mullen. So um, we do have some injuries, you know, um, coming from this last game on the defensive back side of things. But Hayward has definitely been, like Andy said, ad as advertised, and it was kind of finally one of those size of relief that like you bring him in for this thing and then he's actually that thing. So. Yeah. I think Nate Hobbs will learn a lot from, from Hayward as well. And he's, he's playing good. One of your five defensive rookies that you drafted this year. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's exciting times for the, for the, for the Raiders when you've got the likes of him coming through, you know, young Henry Ruggs, um, you, you've got some talent there on that roster. Um, it's going to be a competitive division again. Yeah, I think it's competitive. I think, uh, you know, I think you make an interesting point there that I had not considered, right? You know, we talked about, you know, we think about the Broncos being 3-0 and and not everyone, or I think anyone maybe except for the Broncos themselves believe that. I mean, they've played, <laughs> uh, all three teams are 0-3 that they've played and they're some of the worst teams in the division. So I think they've got um, the Raiders and then the, um, and the Ravens coming up. So two hardcore defenses. So we'll see how that team responds when they're actually playing some, some decent teams uh, coming up. But I think for the Chargers side of the ball, you know, if, if I think about like, what's the temperature of, of the Bolt fam, how are we feeling about it? I think there's just a lot of positivity, you know, and I think, you know, I think Twitter in general, to your point, Andy can be a bit of a, uh, can be a bit of a toxic place sometimes, especially when things aren't going well, I mean, you sh I mean, there was a lot of positivity heading into last year, and I was one of the believers in our previous head coach, Anthony Lynn. And then when things started to fall apart pretty bad there, and it became very apparent that Anthony Lynn should not be a head coach in the NFL, I mean, the tide turned 
real quick. There was a lot of negativity about it, a lot of negativity about a lot of it. So, you know, I know on this podcast, we try to stay positive and try to focus on the positive. But I mean, when your team is on the bottom of a division, it's hard for you to stay positive, right? Like, I mean, I have to imagine, you know, I, I've been in contact after our conversation with the Chiefs podcast last week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity going on in Kansas City because of their one and two start, you know, being in last place in the last place in the division is probably not something that holds true for them, but it just makes it harder for them to win the division. That was that everybody seemed to say, Hey, you know, it's definitely the chiefs. And then everybody else is kind of fighting for second place. Right. Well, that's obviously not the case so far. And, you know, I'm really excited to see this division, you know, this, I mean, between, uh, the teams in the division, I think none of them are really, a, you know, as they say, an easy out. So I think there's a lot of excitement going on. I think there's a lot of us going, hey, you know what? This could be a division that's just, you know, one of the premier divisions in the league, you know, kind of the opposite of the NFC East, I would say, where it's just <laughs> kind of a bunch of punching bags in there. This is a division full of teams that I think can win in any given Sunday, right? Like we, mm -hmm. we make fun of the Broncos for being for their start, but there's still some quality players. I mean, that defense is solid and the offense has playmakers, you know, they're, they're, quarterback is suspect but i mean i think you know when you've got the likes of Carr playing the way he is herbert being you know having a great sophomore year and of course mahomes i mean those are three deadly quarterbacks in one division you're gonna have a tough time winning the division year in and year out uh you know you know you've got the team like you know when you had brady and the patriots it just seemed like every year they were just going to win the division you just lock it in and knew that and i think the chiefs were feeling that way and i think their fans had kind of felt that way but i think uh they've been exposed especially on the defensive side of the ball and i don't think it's as easy as an out uh in the division as, as they thought so i definitely see some positivity on our side what about you was you feeling the same positivity yeah i am i mean it's there's, there's two things that irritate me about the NFL narrative. One is when they start talking about MVPs after one and two weeks. And the other one is when they talk about the strength of schedule. A lot of people outside the AFC West will look at the Chargers and go, well, who have they played? And they'll say they've played two NF NFC East teams and they played, they had a lucky win against Kansas, two and one. So what? And the narrative would probably be the same about the Raiders and the Broncos. But we know there's that term, any given Sunday. You just do not know what's going to happen when that ball, that first snap's taken place. You just do not know. Look at the look at the Browns. Is it 2016, 17? They won one game against the Chargers. You know, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people put money on the Chargers to blow the Browns away. It didn't happen. You just don't know, and I just don't buy into that. You've got a weak schedule, or you know you, you should be walking. You, they've they've talked about San Francisco 49ers walking their way to the playoffs. I don't buy that. There's so many permutations, so many things that can go wrong. You know, uh, a drop, a fumble, as we've seen with the Raiders and the Chiefs, uh, key injuries. You, you just don't know. And I think people have to respect the results as they come out. You know, going from week to week, the, the Raiders have, have had a hot start. The Broncos have had a hot start. Chargers should be three and zero. We're not. We, 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 we dropped one against Dallas. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, may be a bit complacent. I don't know what you guys think. Mm. From a Raiders perspective, what what uh, what, what Raider Nation is saying about Kansas City, is it like they're on decline, they'll bounce back? I, I don't know. Andy? They're saying a lot about um, the Chiefs, but I, I, I agree with what you guys are both saying because what it comes down to is the Chiefs are, are just – they're, they're so good, you know, and, and they've always had the same weaknesses, right? They always haven't been able to establish the run as quite well that, than they should. And also the defense has always been a liability, but the offense has just been too overpowering. And and that makes you, you know, on the other side of the ball, you have to just play catch up, right? 
Um, but what you guys are talking about is really the talent gap between the teams aren't that big. Right. And so that's why it's, if you're not on, if the chiefs aren't on and they've always just been a, Hey, they're comfortable blowing you out and they're comfortable being down two scores with 10 minutes left. Right. So I think that's kind of what we're talking about where, you know, for good, you know, for on both sides with the chargers and the Raiders is we've been able to get better in those areas to make it more competitive and not make it a sure thing. So I think there's a, I don't think the chiefs are on the decline. I think they're, they're just, they're talented enough to turn around, but there's, there's, there's some glaring weaknesses they need to address and teams will game plan week by week on that. So um, I think that's what I look at. I think, you know, the Raiders Twitter, the fan base, they're always just going to take shots at the chiefs and that's fun. You know, it's fun for me, but I'm like, Hey, this is week three. You know, I, I, I'll take those shots in week 16, 17 when they're bounced or eliminated, but uh, from the playoff contention, but right now I'm just like, let's just stand pat. So, yeah. I mean, look at, you got to week 10 last year and everyone's like, yeah, Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Russell Wilson's going to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Stop talking like that. There's mm-hmm. so much football to be played. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk, let's have this conversation in January. Is it that you don't need to fill the gaps with, with that sort of narrative, in my opinion, because there's enough to be talking about, you know, in, in week to week without this. Look, people listen to it and it's fun to say, but, I like to leave that sort of chat for post-Christmas, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that um, with the Chiefs, like we've always known that their defense was the weak part of their their team and that they just, their defense wasn't that great um, compared to their offense. And their offense has always been very good and been able to essentially, I, I'm not going to say bail them out of games, but, you know, win games for them. Their offense is perfect. The defense doesn't have to be perfect for them to win games. And I think you're starting to see – Mahomes kind of slip up a little bit. Two picks that you guys got against them last week. Um, you know, that the whole like him making things happen is kind of backfiring on him a little bit. Um, and the offense hasn't been perfect and the defense hasn't been able to bail them out. So I think that's one um, nice thing that um, we've seen somewhat a little bit with the Raiders that the offense has kind of had a little bit of a slow start, but the defense has been able to yeah. bail them out. So I, I mean, on the Chiefs, when we were 14 up on Sunday, I was losing my mind. My wife's going, What's the matter? I said, Look, this is the Chiefs. And what happened? We we, start, we gave up seventeen unanswered points, and I, and I guess from a Raiders standpoint, you, you might feel the same as me. I love watching the Chargers. I don't necessarily enjoy it because it's I'm so anxious about you know trying to get over the get the W. Look, our last sort of two seasons under Lynn were pretty horrendous, you know, and you were just like sat behind, you know, doing this throughout throughout the game. And I think we've got a lot of healing to do as as fans to try and gain trust back in our team despite a, a good start. Is that a fair assumption, John? Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Yeah. You know, and I don't, I'm, I'm guessing you guys are the same because you've been through the mill and John Gruden's obviously got a plan, but that he's got a 10-year um, deal with you guys. And is, <laughs> he's got a, he's is got a retirement what, plan is what he has. He's got a retirement but, plan, but, yeah. you, you know, everyone sort of had a meltdown when Khalil Mack went to uh, Chicago, but he's going about things in his own way and we're not you, you know the, the Chiefs having a meltdown because they're one and two they've had it easy over the last four five six years you know a right. bit like uh, New England um, so yeah uh, some fan base is gonna have to get used to losing where we're now sort of open <laughs> on the on the rise but we're still not sure where we are and where we're going to finish I suppose that's the that's the unknown isn't it of, of, of the NFL yeah John let me ask you a question um because going into this year, um, right, like Herbert's sophomore season, uh, like you talked about, um, where he had an incredible rookie year, and then 
you, you kind of shift a little bit with the coaching staff. You bring a Brandon Staley, you bring a new offensive coordinator and it's only been three games, right? Like what we're talking about, let's just, that's the perspective, but what have you seen the differences between Staley um, just as a coach and, you know, cause you guys lost a lot of games last year and one score games, time management, you know, and those, I'll get to the question, I promise. But like, like last week, right. Where, where Staley just went for it on fourth down. Okay. That probably would have never happened last year or the years before. So um, what are your thoughts on just Staley's transition to kind of being the head coach and then Herbert's the concerns going into it with a new offensive scheme and regimen and how he's adapted to it? Well, I think, um, you know, number one, yeah, I think exhibit one of the difference between uh, last year and this year was this last game. I mean, last year, you know, you've probably heard about it on multiple telecasts now, but last year, Herbert gets thrown in last, I mean, literally a minute before the kickoff. They're like, hey, you know, we just basically murdered Tyrod Taylor. So uh, you need to play. And he's like, huh? Uh, he, I mean, if you hear him tell, he's like, I thought they were joking. And he's like, oh, oh man, I got to get my helmet. He went out there, played the Chiefs real tough. Uh, they had a chance to win it. At fourth down and short, our coach said, nope, we're punting it away to give it the ball to Patrick Mahomes. And guess what happens when you punt to Patrick Mahomes? He's going to take it down there and get him in at least position to kick the field goal, which they did, right? So I think this year, our coaching staff's like, no, we want to end with the ball. That's what you see in week one when we when we won uh, and the this last week is the, the priority is to keep the ball going and not just, hey, I'm going to waste some clock here towards the end of the game and punt it to them with one or two minutes left. No, we're going to keep the ball on offense. We're going to be the last one to score. Kind of like playing, you know, a game of Madden if you play video games. You know, it's like a lot of times those games end up being, hey, whoever has the ball last and scores last ends up winning those games because there's really not much defense. And I think that uh, Staley's got that same mentality. So I think that's the aggressiveness and the faith to to go out and do it is number one. And I think that tr uh, trickles all the way through the whole team. So last year, there was a lot of games where, where the Chargers were up at halftime, you know, sometimes by multiple scores. And what would happen is the team under Anthony Lynn would just turtle up. They would basically go into prevent defense for the entire second half almost. And they would just run the ball nonstop up the middle, go three and out and allow these other quarterbacks and these other teams to come back and win it. And we'd lose these one score games. And I don't think that happens under Staley and Lombardi. I think that they've got a new plan in place. You know, you talked about our, our weapons, Mike Williams. I was actually advocating for them to potentially cut Mike Williams in the off season, just because the way he's well, he been, hasn't been he's healthy, pretty, right? He hasn't been healthy and he hasn't lived up to the hype. Why? Because the previous staff had basically said, Hey, we, you're tall and you can jump and that's what you're good at. So go run, go run a go route and we'll just throw it up to you uh, three or four times a game and you'll make a big play. And that's all they asked him to do. Now they've got him in kind of like the Mike Thomas role where they've got him going all over the field, running a lot of routes, using leverage, using body control. And he is a completely different player. And I'm glad that they retained him and I'm hoping that they can resign him because he is, I mean, him and Keenan Allen are basically stars on that side of the ball. So, you know, just a whole different mentality. And, and finally, again, I, I know I'm talking a lot. I'll get to my final answer here on Herbert. But uh, the biggest deal for Herbert, I think, is that he's got clean pockets this year. They've really revamped the offensive line. And last year when you watched him in clean pockets, I don't know if he was just nervous. I don't know if he was just excitable. But his clean pocket passing was not great. He overthrew guys a lot. He underthrew them. He threw it late or held on too much. This year under clean pocket, he is looking smooth and controlled, and he knows what he wants to do. So I think the biggest difference is, yeah, he's still really good under pressure. He's still really good on third down. But when it's a clean pocket and he has time to think about what he's doing, he's not overthinking it this year, and he's just letting it fly, and he's being 
extremely accurate. So I think that's the biggest difference with him and why I think that he's just, you know, he's the next great quarterback in this league. Obviously, I'm going to say that, but he really feels that way because the biggest part of his game that I thought was lacking last year was his ability to really operate in a clean pocket and to really make the accurate throws more often. And, and that has really improved this year. So it, it just feels like the sky's the limit for him, uh, especially in this Lombardi offense that's really saying, hey, what do you do well, Justin? Let's do that. So that's kind of how I feel it's different and why we feel so excited about this year. Yeah. Last thing on that and all we can move on. Um, but I, we, we experienced it with Carr, man, where he got, he got hit early. He got hit as a rookie early. It was never a clean pocket. So at times when quarterbacks get hit so much and then they do have it, even just the timing of things, even the anticipation where they kind of not forced it necessarily, but what that changes with how soon they, they throw the ball or how soon the timing is or move, whatever it is, it can impact it mentally. And so um, I think that's a part of it. And I think Herbert experienced that a little bit, but now he's, and it's funny that they knocked him on his, uh, the way he carries himself. He's not a natural born leader kind of coming in the draft. Right. And it's just like, no, he's just calm. And that's how he is. And, and he, and he was able to do that in Arrowhead, which is not a lot of people can do. So I don't know. I don't know. That might be my last compliment of the chargers, but I think <laughs> I, I really do. I, I like Herbert a lot and I'm, I'm okay saying that. So. This week's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Week 3 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 4 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 4 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, I think we're all just in in just of him you know i personally i did a lot of scouting of quarterbacks obviously coming into the draft or coming from the draft when we drafted him and i was i was more about Tua than herbert um because everything you saw in film again he had the same situation you talk about changing coordinators this year i mean basically since he started college he's had a new offensive coordinator and and you know almost every other year he's had a new head coach coaching him so he's been through the ringer but he's a smart guy he he handles himself well he handles the pressure well and i think he just is he rolls with the punches and i don't think there's any fear that you know that you know some of us mr waz we're talking about a sophomore slump and worrying best. about oh that was best sorry you're right as one of our <laughs> bez was talking about hey he's worried about a sophomore slump he's worried about him regressing maybe a little bit this year and some of those stats may not be reputable and obviously that's been blown out of the water so you know we're excited for him as well I mean, it is, it's not all good news, Andy. I mean, I don't know how closely you follow the bolts, but, you know, we fixed left tackle. We've now got problems at right tackle with Galaga going down injured. Storm Norton is bad. 
you might as well put me in there. I'll 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 beef up. I'll put 150 pounds and I'll I'll have a go at playing right tackle. But we we've, we've now got issues. I I fully envisage that we'll go after a uh, an offensive lineman in the first round again in the 2022 draft. So, but yeah, to John's point, we are a lot better. You know, Corley Lindsley's coming hasn't been brilliant, but he's he's shored up the offensive line at the centre. Matt Feeler at left guard has been absolutely phenomenal and. It's going to be a, and it's going to be another interesting matchup with with Max Crosby um, on on Monday night because you guys are coming after the quarterback. You know you're going to bring some heat, and it's Herbert's is pretty cool. And it, if you watch him closely, he does not look like he's under any duress, even when the blitz is coming, even when he's getting chased around. If he's escaped the pocket and he's getting chased. He's like, whatever. If I get hit, I get hit. If I find a passer, I want to find a passer. And that's something that we didn't have under Philip Rivers. Rivers was brilliant and, and we loved him, but he just wasn't mobile. He just didn't move those feet. Now we've got something different. Uh, and, and the guy, look, the, the guy's got moral courage, you know. He, he'll he take a hit. We've seen him blocking that first game against the Chiefs in week two of last year. He'll scramble. Um, he's a tough dude. But thanks for the compliments, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good segue talking about offensive line. Um, you know, I'd like to take a minute here now, transition. Let's talk about Monday night. So we've all said nice things about Derek Carr, about your defense, Casey Hayward, which is easy to say because we used to like him here. Yeah. But <laughs> we've all said we've all said our nice things. Let's take the gloves off. Let's get a little chippy. Let's start talking about Monday night. Okay. So uh, I think definitely our listeners are going to want to know, you know, What's the injury status of Josh Jacobs? Because the Chargers have just been atrocious at stopping the run. I don't. Uh, Gibson has not. Antonio Gibson has not been very good as a runner. He looked great against us. Ezekiel Elliott has had had a slow start to the season. Looked great to us, and he's kind of been on an upward trend. Clyde Edwards-Helaire has not looked like a an NFL running back of any great caliber. Had a hundred yards against us last week. So obviously we have a problem stopping the run. So am I worried about Kenyon Drake or, or a Peyton Barber? Not so much. Am I worried about Josh Jacobs? Heck yes, I am. That dude's a beast, and we've always had trouble stopping him. So what is the status of Josh Jacobs? Are there any other injuries we should know about coming to the game? And how do you guys feel that like the Raiders might be game planning for Herbert and the Chargers on, uh, from the defensive side? Um, as far as Jacobs is concerned, I think they're – I mean, I think they're kind of keeping it pretty close to the cuff, and I think it's one of those things that it's like, you know um, – no news is bad news because he's been out. Um, and I don't think that, you know, we're going to necessarily see any positivity of him reaching towards that until we kind of hear that he's practicing and, and that things are moving forward. I think they are, you know, trying to keep him, get him ready for the long run um, and, or, you know, for the long term. He's had injury his, uh, history. And so he's had issues in that before. So I think they're probably trying to be very um, cautious with the situation. Um, we, I personally, know just as much as just about anybody else does from what they they release on the information and all that stuff but i just i think with jacobs you know that obviously just knocks our run game down we've seen all year that um we haven't had a run game the ravens game he put it in the end zone twice and didn't necessarily have the greatest uh day stats wise but he was a difference maker in the game and we've seen drake and barber try to patchwork that but with something that's been a strength for us, you know, last year and, and in general under Gruden is, you know, now one of the the weaker parts of our offense. And so um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I obviously hope he plays. We've got a little extra day to get him healthy and whatnot. But, I mean, as of right now, I'm kind of just expecting him 
um, not to play and, and until we hear something differently, or at least, you know, him being limited for you guys, it's, it looks great right now because, you know, even if he does play, he's probably not a hundred percent, you know? So I think um, how they, against our run defense. <laughs> yeah, I think how the, yeah, how they treat it is going to be very interesting on whether I just, I don't, I don't think they're trying to rush him back. I think they feel okay and comfortable enough with either car throwing 60 times or the other two guys patchworking it um, until he is healthy, healthy, but you know, week four, when we got 13 more weeks or 12 more weeks to go because of a bye, it's um, 13 more weeks. Sorry, there's 17 now. I know. It's I this whole thing. Too. No, it made sense though. It's 12 and a bye. So I think, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we, you know, I don't know. I think they're going to take their time bringing him back. Um, obviously, we want him back as quick as possible. But I think right now um, it's trending well for you guys in that regard. So, uh, Andy? Well, if the gloves are off, we're not going to tell you anything about the injury designations <laughs> that we know. Mike lied to you because he actually talked to Josh this past, you know, a couple of days ago. So, no, I think it's, you know, you think about it, they they ruled out Jacobs twice in the last two weeks. We have a longer week Monday night. I think there's a good shot he goes, um, and, and we'll see how it goes, right? But I think just knowing Gruden and, and knowing, you know, the team that we're up against is we're going to treat you guys just like we treat Mahomes, really, where it's like, we're going to try to control the game, you know, going to control the run game. And, and even it's Peyton Barber's Peyton Barber, but he was still able to get effective and, and, and be effective. And if Gruden can't run the ball and establish, I'm not really worried about anyone on your D line outside of Joey Bosa. Thank goodness Melvin Ingram was gone. Cause even he, Ingram was hurt for 14 weeks and would play the two weeks against the Raiders and have five sacks. So, um, you know, I think there's, they have, they match up well um, as far as the D line. I think your backers, uh, Murray isn't really coming on like I thought he would. I think there's just a lot of room for him to grow, which will be fine. But um, if, if the Raiders aren't able to establish the the run game, I think they'll just turn into short passing. Um, they'll try to control the clock that way. I don't think we're going to get off the run game, but it might just turn into um, how creative we get and how the short short game works. And because I, I, I know this, the only thing I do know is that Gruden's going to try to keep Herbert off the field as much as he can. So however that looks, and if Jacobs is healthy, historically he has really kind of gave it to you guys. Um, that's just that's just the stats. That's not taking a jab, but it's also the facts, you know. Oh, I know the stats. Trust me, I've got I've got Jacobs <laughs> on multiple fantasy teams. There you go. I've seen firsthand the way he can demolish a defense. So. Same here. <laughs> so I actually am hoping. I well, part of me hopes he plays, and part of me hopes he doesn't. I, I can't make it's bittersweet. That's that's the <laughs> shitty part about crappy part about fantasy is that you know you have you almost we always like look at it and be like well kind of hard not to play guys against the Raiders because they suck and you know they're going to put up you know numbers against the Raiders defense but yeah fantasy is always a, a rough little wrinkle in in your fandom so. so I'd love to know a little bit of how you guys are feeling about your offense going into the game specifically your receivers obviously you've kind of got a cavalcade of guys you've got um you know you've got Brian Edwards you've got Hunter Renfro you've got um Henry Ruggs uh I mean is there anyone else I'm missing on your receiving core? I mean, who's your number one? Do you have a number one or how, how are you guys handling that receiving core? Cause it just feels like you've got a bunch of guys who are, you know, have all this potential and they have flashes, but I, I haven't really seen like a wide receiver one really step out and say, Hey, I'm kind of the leader of this offense. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would say Waller's our number one, even though he's not underneath the wide receiver, you know, uh, tag uh, and going into it. That's kind of how it is. I feel like it's hard to, you know, stray away from that in general, but you know, we saw him, go off against the Ravens and then, you know, essentially kind of um, get tailored down a little bit in these last two games. So I think that I feel really good because I feel like we have weapons across the board. 
Um, you know, Renfro can be that reliable guy um, over the middle and just kind of finding pockets to get open. They've been getting rugs the ball, getting it in his hands, letting him do different things and kind of building his confidence up. And then Edwards has been, you know, a great bigger body guy um, who has shown that he can, you know, make some moves over the top. He can, you know, find deeper pockets to get into. And, you know, his has been more like um, – bigger plays as opposed to like, just like consistently, you know, performing, you know, having, you know, he'll be a three catches for 85 yards or, you know, four catches for around there ish or have one big play as opposed to, you know, getting eight different targets. But um, yeah, there has, there's not really like one solidified, you know, number one guy outside of Waller, I would say, but I think everybody is contributing. I think the way Gruden's offense work is he just tries to dial up what's going to work best doesn't care who gets it or, you know, who, you know, who has the ball or whatnot, like, can we produce? And I, and Derek Carr has a lot of control at the line of scrimmage too. So um, I think he's another one of those persons. Like I don't care about getting certain people, you know, looks, even though they threw the ball at Waller 20 times against the Ravens. But um, I think that they are in a point where they are just trying to get everybody the ball and just trying to get it to, it's as simple and stupid as it sounds. Just get it to the open guy, get it to the right guy, the right read. And, you know, everybody's been able to produce and everybody's been able to, um, you know, help out in that regard. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Waller's our number one um, and it's, it's positionless football these days. Right. So your number, you can still scheme up around your number one guy, which, which is Waller. And so, um, but it, it really takes the other guys to contribute, to develop um, like Renfro rugs, Edwards, et cetera. Um, I think what Gruden does a good job on is, um, or what we've seen at least is being able to match up, um, you know, against where our weaknesses are. So we had Jacobs out against Pittsburgh um, and this last week. So then we have, we got into more double tights, right? So that gave us Waller, that gave us Foster Moreau, um, you know, as a threat. And so they don't have, I mean, they don't have the, you know, the man beaters um, like some teams do. But if you look at, you know, Shanahan's offense, you look at McVay's offense, they just have a bunch of guys that if you can get them into the right role and give them enough, you know, um, confidence, then they can get going. So that's kind of our approach. And some teams, you know, you guys have better top end receivers with Williams and Allen, and then it's a little, you know, a little weak. I'm just, you know, I could be wrong, it's, but it's it's a lot weaker. Okay, that. okay, <laughs> but, but then, but you, so you, but you scheme around it, right? So that's yeah. kind of where we're at. We're just in a different different point, but yeah, I think that's how we attack, and I feel good about the progression of of our receiving group, and that includes our two tight ends and. Who knows? We might bring Jason Witten back out of retirement just to have more tight ends. You know, let's bring yeah. Gruden has six tight ends at a time sometimes, but now Drake's been able to be utilized out of the backfield too. So um, there's certain things, but it's going to be, it'll be fun. I know that on Monday night. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, people talk about what the chargers did to the chiefs. And one of the things they did is they just had Derwin basically on Kelsey most of the game. And Kelsey did have some big plays on one drive. That was the drive where our backup safety was in because Derwin kind of got banged up a little bit. So Kelsey basically feasted on that, on that rookie. And then he, you know, when Derwin came back in, he kind of disappeared. So I imagine that we give the same treatment to Waller given that he's, he can be so pivotal. And I mean, he's a beast. I mean, he just, he is easily one of the top three tight ends in the league. I mean, I mean he just, he, and we've seen that when, if he's open, Carr will get him the ball and he'll do good things with the ball when he's got it. So I, I imagine he will probably get that same kind of Derwin, maybe shadowing Waller. Uh, and then it'll be interesting to see who they feel like to focus on. Right. I think much like the Patriots like to take away your number one and number two options. I think Staley's defense does the same thing. So obviously that's easy against the chiefs. You take away Kelsey, you double team, um, you double team Hill and you make, Mahomes throw it to other guys and you see Mahomes making these mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. Mahomes wants to play that hero ball, which 
turns into turnovers, right? But Gus Bradley, I'll say, for all his faults with the Chargers, he has always played the Chiefs well. He's always kind of understood that, hey, I'll give Mahomes a little stuff and then yeah. wait for him to make a mistake on a bigger throw and then capitalize. And that's why the Chiefs have always had troubles against a Gus Bradley defense. So I think that's a feather in his cap from his time with us. And I imagine he brings that to you guys. So, And I imagine he brings a little bit of that against us. I, I don't know what you guys think about what defense you might be, you know, what kind of defensive plan you might have for us. But I imagine he's going to kind of treat, like you said, Herbert like Mahomes and say, well, you know what? He kind of he's got that big arm. We don't want to let him beat us deep. So we're not going to shut that off. Do you think that's kind of the approach he takes or do you think he does something a little bit different uh, on Monday? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, when you look at it, the once again, the teams that we have faced, um, you know, you had the Ravens who were beat up at running back. You had the Steelers who they don't have an identity really. Um, and then you have the dolphins and they have four different running backs that they rotate. But um, you know, I think with Eckler in the backfield that he's a threat, man. And so I think if you look at the guys we got to take away, it's Williams, it's Keenan Allen, um, and it's Eckler. So, um, I think, he, you know, we would have to look at it that way. I don't, I don't know if there's a solution really to, uh, to stop Herbert and, and the weapons outside of just, you know, kind of, uh, that discipline based defense and being able to keep everyone in front. We don't have a Derwin James really to just take away someone, um, so good on you guys to have that, but we just don't. So I think it's going to be, we have to keep it creative. We can't let, you know, Herbert figure it out. And, but I do think that there's not as many weapons that we have to account for, but that doesn't mean that, um, you know, we just go and just try to take Mike Williams away. Well, good luck because, you know, Keenan Allen on anyone, not only his old buddy Hayward or, you know, uh, you know, Trayvon Mullen or whatever it's, he's, he's going to take him away or he's going to get after those guys regardless. So it'll be interesting. Um, we're going to have to get, you know, versatile and that's what the defense is. So whether we can execute is, is another story. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high scoring game for the most part. Um, I, I think what the biggest thing is, you know, kind of like you're saying, Bradley saying, let him have the underneath stuff. Don't get beat over the top type of thing. So I think the biggest thing um, is going to be, how many, how many times can we limit you guys to field goals? And then, um, you know, as Andy was saying, the best way to, um, you know, take away from an offense is to keep them off the field. So Herbert's in that same realm of, you know, the less less you can get the ball in his hands, the better you're, better off you are. So um, I think that'll be the biggest thing. You, you know, I there's a good chance there's, you know, everybody has a bajillion yards this game, um, but it's going to come down to, yeah, and it's going to come down to, you know, how many field goals can, you know, you get limited to and they're not going to kick field goals though guys like i'm sorry the chargers are just like no they would they're going to throw with herbert on fourth and 17 if they have to you know we will go for it but we still haven't fixed our (laughs) special teams are uh tristan viscano's coming he's missed a few already after three weeks Mm -hmm. um so look it's it's, even if we get the opportunity to score a field goal we we (laughs) spoke quite a few times about leaving points to the field Chargers lead the league in that. I'm telling you now, we'll we we've got to try and get over the hump of actually, you know, not taking the opportunities. We we weren't great in in red zone offense, um, but we've we've got to now start finding some consistency. Yep, yeah, I think Andy, you said it earlier. Um, sophomore quarterback under another um, playbook. Um, this is week four coming coming into. We've got to find some rhythm. We're still creating far too many mistakes, giving up too many penalties. And that's where we will come unstuck. Potentially, I'm not saying the Raiders aren't good enough to, to beat the Chargers, but the Chargers have a tendency to beat ourselves. Uh, and that's something that we still got to iron out because we Mike Williams has had three drops already, despite his hot start. 
and it's going to happen. You know, I mean, Herbert, he fired a missile at uh, Jalen Guyton on uh, Sunday. No one was stopping that. Basically like this. Yeah, you know, uh, it came at him so quickly. Um, There are going to be mistakes in this game. And to your point, Micah, about a high-scoring game, I think it will. It'll be backwards or forwards. And it could come down to a clutch moment where somebody has a pick and, and has a turnover late in the game. I mean, Asante Samuel Jr., our rookie, he started off brilliantly this season. He's on for his third pick in as many games. So there are so many narratives. For, for me, this is probably the the most exciting Raiders Chargers game in the last five or six years, I could say. Um, because I think both teams have got players playing at a high level, especially with Carr playing well at quarterback for you guys, Herbert playing well, the receiver core. You know, um, Joey Bosa, he's been carrying an injury. Um, just like Josh Jacobs got that extra day or so to recover. It's important that Bosa... You know, I don't expect him to have, have fully participated in, in, in practice all week. Um, I think I'm guessing he'll be feet up at the weekend with an ice pack on his ankle. So if he's not fully fit, that's an issue. Doing James has been carrying a toe injury, you know, so we've got all these little subplots in the game. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be one of the best Monday night football games of the season, in my opinion, even though it's early on in the, you know, it's, it's just going to be it's going to be fun, but for the neutral, I think for us four sat here, I think we're all going to be really nervous, and probably losing our marbles. You know, come uh, the the two minute warning. <laughs> I think you'll take a, a toe injury over uh, what you've experienced previously with the James. So hundred <laughs> percent, he's so good. Um, yeah. He is everything that everyone says about the man. I mean, I made a joke before about uh, there's, there was a debate on our side about, you know, do we carry three quarterbacks or two? I think I was the only one that said as an advocate for three because of the COVID situation, that's not disappeared. But on the on the other side of the coin, I said, look, if Herbert goes out, play Derwin James, I'm sure he could play quarterback. <laughs> He's just one of those dudes that, that could do everything. Yeah. You know, he could. I'm sure he played quarterback in high school. To be honest, he, he probably did. I know he mm-hmm. played basketball to a high, to a decent standard well, uh, yeah. as, as an, an amateur. He's just got one of those. Um, Athletic minds. He's got the. He's got the physique. He's got the mentality. He's got the drive. He's got everything. Um, and and he is that good. He's. I don't want to say he's, he's the the best player in our team because that's a bit unfair on the likes of Alan Bozer, Herbert. But he's right up there as a as a, as a signature uh, player for the LA Chargers. Yeah, I think uh, I think we touched on something you talked about not wanting to kick field goals. It's not that I don't think they want to. I just I don't think they can. Uh, I actually made a joke. There's a video of Justin Herbert kicking field goals uh, when he was a rookie, just and he was pretty good. And I kept saying, you know what? Forget the field goal team. Make Herbert the field goal kicker when you're close, and then make the defense decide: is he really kicking it, or is he actually yeah. going to make a play here? I think that would be an amazing offense. But well, uh, new wildcat, new <laughs> wildcat, field goal wildcat. I love it. So. That is, I mean, that's definitely a fear for us. Uh, our defensive line, as you mentioned, but outside of Bosa has been mediocre at best. So are we able to, you know, capitalize? I know you've uh, you've got the rookie Leatherwood, who I liked coming out of college, but he's obviously struggled as a rookie. It happens. Playing offensive guard and offensive tackle in the NFL are really is really hard compared to college. So, you know, um, you know, so but I still don't know if we're gonna be able to match up well against that. So 
you know, getting pressure on Carr and making it uncomfortable. Because when he's comfortable, he's as good as anybody. But making him uncomfortable, I think, is where you unlock that kind of, you know, potential for disaster. So getting Carr uncomfortable and fixing our penalties and field goal issues, those are my three kind of watch outs for this game on the Chargers side. How about the Raiders side? What, what, what are your kind of big kind of things that make you cringe and go, gosh, we really need to fix this or we're sunk against the Bolts? Well, I think that I think going into each week, you know, the biggest thing on our offensive side of things is has been our offensive line because it's gone from one of our biggest strengths to very questionable um, with our center, Andre James, not being able to make a snap, a normal, regular shotgun snap. Um, and like I said, Leatherwood has kind of struggled a little bit and whatnot. So every week going into it, it's like, man, the offensive line, are they going to screw us, you know, this game or whatnot? So. Um, we've gone against some pretty good defense lines so far and has have been able to pull out wins with that. Um, I think that's always the question mark. And then Gruden's offense is so built around establishing the run and having a strong run game and getting things established in that and setting the tone with the run game that we've been lucky enough that Carr has been able to just sling the ball all over the place because he's needed to. But the more we can't get the run established, the the more – John Gruden's offense doesn't click on all cylinders. So um, I think those are the biggest thing. And obviously the offensive line is a huge part of getting the run established. So we saw Barber kind of come into his own a little bit late in the game last game. But for all accounts, we couldn't necessarily get it going too well last game and and really in general this year. Uh, this year. So that's pretty much my biggest concern is the offensive line. Can we get the run game going? Um, I I have faith that Carr can make it happen. He can, you know, if he needs to take over a game again, but how long can you really ride that luck, you know? Um, and then on the defensive side of things, I think it's just Herbert being Herbert. You know, he's got so much confidence now in this year, you know, because he's been balling out and he balled out this year uh, so far as well that I think limiting him to shorter stuff, letting him have the underneath stuff is going to be the biggest key. But also our, we've had great, defensive line play that has allowed the cornerbacks to not have to necessarily cover for a long period of time. Um, and the Raiders have been known to break down when that type of stuff happens. So um, I'm worried about him, uh, you know, expanding plays, getting out of the pocket and just eventually finding people down the field, giving up like third and longs. The Raiders somehow figure out ways to do that all the time. So um, I think the biggest thing for me, establishing the run and our offensive line, and then also just trying to limit Herbert's big plays because he has a big arm and he's young and he, he's mobile and he can he can make those things happen. So it's definitely concerning. Yeah, I think for me, I guess on one on each side of the ball, um, outside of what Mike has said, is is I think if if you guys match up pretty well, um, you know, with your secondary on our weapons, because like we talked about, they're not they're not true number ones, you know, across the board. There's, I think you guys have a lot of good depth. Um, you know, I really like this year Adderley, obviously Derwin James is Derwin James. Um, then you get into it, Chris Harris Jr. I think you got Kenneth Murray who can run and chase with the best of them. So, and, and then you take Brandon Staley. So I think Staley is going to be able to scheme up um, pretty well against them. Um, and I think it's just going to be a lot of, you know, man on man who can beat who um, in, in that in, in that instance. So if we can't establish the run and we have to go to what truly has carried us in the passing game to win these games. Um, I think it's going to be tough, right? And then if our O-line's beaten up and you got Bosa just pinning his ears back and going home, then good luck, right? So I think on the offensive side of the ball, that's that's a concern. Um, Defensive-wise, I'd be concerned if you guys established a run on us. <laughs> you know, it's like it hasn't been a strength, and if you can, good luck, right? So Eckler is good. Um, I think our D-line has been better. 
Um, but still, I think there's a way where you can get um, Eckler in the game early and often, you know, with the touches um, inside the tackle, you know, but also out of the backfield and be able to neutralize this threat of Herbert over the top, right? But um, if you can get Eckler involved and establish a run, not even establish on 100 yards, but, you know, being able to get gashes of four to six yards to keep us honest in the passing game, that would be a concern of mine, so... Yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't worry too much about Eckler in the running game because he's not really an organic back. We, we use him as a hybrid, really. He, mm. He's he's another weapon for for Herbert. Yeah, and he will make uh, he will he will do he will gash up three or four yards. But I don't think we're ever going to see Eckler with a hundred yards rushing because he's just too good with the, with a ball in his hands. You know, I think he was the highest graded. Uh, yeah, the highest graded. Uh, uh, receiving pass catching, um, back. Pass catching yeah mm. uh, on in week two um so again it's it's Staley playing to our strengths as opposed to well actually you're a running back so we'll just we'll just get you stuffed at, at one yard or or, or, a, or a tackle for loss you know we are really playing to our strengths but a big concern for the charges i don't know how much tape you've seen on us we're getting ourselves into third and long situations too many times Williams, Eckler, and Allen will get us out of that jam, but it's becoming a bit repetitive, and eventually, the defense are going to suss this out. Um, I mean, we we had a fourth and uh, four on Sunday against the Chiefs. Flag on Slater, fourth and nine. We went for it. Guy, uh, I think it was Guyton. Um, he, Guyton. He, drew a, he drew a penalty. Good but because he dropped it again. He, he did drop it, but <laughs> the the point was we were aggressive and we got away with one. Uh-huh. Eventually, when we keep going for these third and longs, we're going to come unstuck. I think we have to be a bit more efficient and first and second downs, um, because we, we need to find that offensive rhythm rather than relying on Herbert and his chemistry with Williams and Allen to get us out of this situation where it looks like we're going to, there's going to be a, a, a turnover and down. So. That's a concern for me, and just the penalties. We've got to clean that up. And it's not all on the rookies. A lot of our veterans doing silly things, illegal shifts, um, false starts, offsides, face masks. Look, it's going to happen, but we've got to try and cut that out because it's no good giving Derek Carr the football. He doesn't need an excuse to be to be throwing three, four hundred yards as he has been doing the first three weeks of the, of the season. Uh, I suppose it's the same for you guys, and I think this is why... This is a good matchup because there's there's for every X there's an O and it's it's going to come down to a close game. I think it really is. I think it'll come down to possibly a field goal um, because hopefully I can't say. For, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> well, no, look, but, but John, we, we've said this before. The, the Chiefs know how to put numbers up. The, the Raiders haven't been messing around this season, and you know the, the Bolts have had. Right, we had two off the board against uh, Dallas. We've been in the positions where we've, we've been able to put points on the board. So I don't see this as a low-scoring game. So it, it's going to come down to that clutch moment. And I think it's going to come down to some individual brilliance from somebody on either side of the football. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun game. I think we're all really excited. Uh, Micah, Andy, do you have anything else uh, for us? That you, that you uh, that the Raider fans are really trying to pick apart heading into Monday. Well, I'll make you feel better for a second. Is we gave up a fourth and twenty to Jacoby Brissett <laughs> last week. So if you need, even if you have those penalties, you, it can be fourth down and you got a shot. So, um, no, I think there. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get into this. I think it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme where we're just 
pointing at each other. We're kind of the same team in a lot of ways. Um, and also we're not used to success, so that'll be fun. And it's Raiders chargers and Monday night. So it's just going to be weird anyways. So I think that's, mm-hmm. what we got looking forward to, but, um, no, I think that's it. I, I, I appreciate you guys having us on. It's been fun talking and we could probably talk for another couple hours, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, we've always talked about how, um, interdivision games are wonky no matter what. Yeah. And, um, primetime games are wonky no matter what. And we're getting both out of this one. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I think that I'm surprised it's gone this long without it being mentioned. Um, I, I guess a little bit in, in the beginning, but like the Broncos are absolute frauds in our division. The chiefs <laughs> yeah, are, the chiefs are on the bottom, <laughs> bottom portion. You know, it's like, we're fighting, we're fighting for some, uh, for some dominance right here in the division. And it's, and it's great. And even though, you know, you guys, you guys were, so close to being three and zero as well as we all sit here type of thing. So um, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be two high powered offenses, um, you know, going against each other with two, you know, decent defenses kind of going against each other. So it's like I said, matches up very well. I'm very excited for it. I think we can all agree the chiefs are overrated and the yes. Broncos are frauds. So hundred percent frauds, hundred percent. They're going to get exposed here real soon. They play the Ravens see- this week. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they do. And I don't think you've seen the stat up there, uh, but they've got a quote unquote remaining strength of schedule. And I think the Broncos have like the hardest remaining strength of schedule, like Good. in the, in the, uh, in the league. And I think, uh, I think the chiefs might be a little bit, you know, not too much better, but better than theirs. And then you, and then we actually have the easiest strength of schedule moving forward. Cause we, mm-hmm. we knocked out a few hard games early on. So whether that means anything, we don't know. Cause we, you know, we never yeah. know who's going to be any good, right? It's hard for us to decide who's actually a good team or not this early in the season. But uh, I think that's positive for at least for the two of us that uh, our teams don't have a super hard strength schedule like the Broncos will, which I think will even out. So uh, I really think that whoever wins this is basically number one in the division at this point, because I mean, again, the chiefs are, are two games back now. Um, I think, you know, the Broncos are losing. So if you guys win your, four and oh i think it'll be four and oh by yourself and that'll be a nice cushion if we win i think again we'd have a tiebreaker over you that kind of put us at in theory with stranger schedule involved that would put us at the top of the list so this is for the crown babe this is for number one in the afc west after four weeks i think it's a big deal and that's why the only way to end this is to put a little skin in the game you know oh, like let's okay. n- not money sorry skin is i guess cash right but we could you guys can we can figure this out offline but just have a little friendly bet i think it'd be fun okay I like just, that. Just I, I think I think we do a little Monday night bet. I like it. Let's uh, we'll go offline for everybody who's listening uh, on the podcast or anyone who's watching uh, on YouTube. Uh, we'll tweet that out at our uh, on our Twitter accounts, uh, and we'll come up with a bet. And then uh, yeah, whatever it is, we'll we'll pay off that bet for sure. I mean, not, not that I'm worried about it because um, I'm I'm much more comfortable betting on Justin Herbert than Derek Carr. If I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> See, you finally um, took the gloves off, which there you, you know you, you wanted to a long time ago, and I'm glad you finally. Did. I'm just looking forward to Joey Bosa destroying Alex Leatherwood because there you go. He's given up three sacks, five worries, yeah. and a few hits already. So that's going to be that's if Bosa's fit, of course. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's it'll make it easier if we can just triple team your number one because you don't really have a number two. So it's just a yeah. bunch of number threes out there running around. So we got a so, bunch of one Bs. So one Bs, you, you can. <laughs> Locked down our number one. We got a bunch of one Bs. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, all right. Um, should we get a prediction going? Do yeah, we let's do it. We, all, we, prediction, we always prediction? do predictions for ours. Do so, yeah, so. let's go. Okay. So, uh, okay. You, uh, uh, why don't you guys, you brought it up. So, why don't we, uh, yeah. let's hear your prediction. What do you think? Score yeah. Prediction. Well, I'll start out. I, I mean, I think the Raiders can win just about every game, right? And they've been playing well so far. I do think they're going to win this game. Um, I do think it's going to be very close. And, uh, you kind of alluded to it um, on it being, you know, maybe a, a field goal away. I think the Raiders are going to win 31-28. Uh, 
um, and come away with a, a close victory, whether that's you guys bonking a field goal or us hitting one to uh, end the game. Um, but yeah, thirty-one uh, twenty-eight for me. Waz, what do you think? Just uh, just mentioned Dan King, one of our co-hosts. He's got twenty-seven twenty charges. Yeah. Good man, Dan. Good stuff, Dan. <laughs> so good jump in. For you two guys, you're going to be interested to know that I'm one and two on the season. So I predicted uh, we'd defeat Washington, we'd defeat um, Dallas, and we'd lose to the Chiefs. So I am going, I'm trying to redeem myself here. I'm going to go for 38 35 charges. Whoa. Mm, that the, hammer that. the over. Yeah, hammer that over. Hammer, yeah, I love the over. I said that on week one, uh, or sorry, week two versus Dallas. I was like, oh, hammer, hammer the over and take the charges and the points, and you'll be good, and that did not work out. So, uh, Andy, what do you think? What's, what, what, do you, what do you got dialed up for this one? Um, 40 to zero Raiders. No. <laughs> just, just kidding. No, um, no it's, uh, I'm going to go – let's do this. Let's just hammer the over again. I'll go with 34-30 uh, Raiders. That's what I'm going with. Wow. That's a, that's a good take. You know, it's really funny is I actually kind of agree with both of you in a sense. Uh, I, I do think, Mike, I think you're right. I think there is a, is going to, I think the Raiders do probably score 31 points at least. I, I think that the offense is, is good, is, is rolling. And I don't know if our defense is necessarily set up to stop what they want to do. Uh, and Andy, I think you're right. The 34 is probably the right number you need to get to if you're going to win this game. However, unfortunately, I only see your Raiders scoring 31 and I see the Chargers <laughs> scoring 34. There you go. Exactly. So I see a 34 31 Chargers victory. Uh, and try to avoid kicking any field goals. Maybe all two point conversions yeah. too. I don't know. Just, yeah. just, just it's going to be like fourteen to nine. Yeah. Oh, of course, right? Because everyone's like over, over, over. Lots yeah. of points, right. and they're like, exactly. oh, and that. There we go. We a safety is going to win. It's going to be two nothing based off of safety. That's what's yeah, going to exactly. happen. Exactly. Anyways, all right. Well, at, you know what? Again, I want to thank you guys for uh, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll play you again later on the season. Hopefully, you guys are available and we can do this again. Yeah. Uh, definitely, and we'll probably both be feeling a little different than we were today. Who knows? Maybe we'll be feeling the exact same and be positive. Yeah. We'll both be maybe that will be truly be for the division crown at that point. Who knows? I mean, fantastic. right now it could be anyway. So, thanks for coming on. Uh, for our podcast listeners, where can we find you on the socials? Yeah, so um, the pod, the our podcast uh, Twitter is at Take Raider. Uh, my personal Twitter at Mikeason55. Uh, Andy is underscore Andy Mac two underscore. You can find us on um, uh, Instagram as well at Raider Take Podcast and uh, at YouTube as well as is Raider Take Podcast too. So we try to get everything you know content going out there. Um, trying to get more involved with video stuff as well. Um, Pigkin, Pigskin Podcast Network has you know allowed us a lot of awesome um, you know things to use in regards to that. So um we're you know excited excited to uh you know go along in this journey um you know with you guys and with everybody that's involved with that so um very excited for that yes that definitely thank you and shout out to pigskin football network it's it's a great uh, podcast network to be on uh we're really excited to be here and for the opportunities uh you know and i've got you know if you're working on your video i've got a good suggestion uh yeah. whatever this bet is when you guys lose you can film you paying up that bet and put mm. it on your on your page, so oh, that'll, be exciting. Mm. that'll right, be exciting. Well, Waz, where can we find you? Not those details. <laughs> find me at Endzone eighty five. Uh, Charged up underscore bolts is our main magazine website, and um, Charged Up Pod is our podcast Twitter handle. Exactly, and of course, you can always find me uh, at Adroit Airs hashtag Audible Chocolate. You can find my alter ego at Nomeo Greats out there talking it up, uh, and as always. 
we're happy to have you guys listening to us. We appreciate every single one of you that watches and listens. Uh, you're the lifeblood of this podcast and of this uh, video stream. So we truly appreciate you guys. Uh, and that's all we got for today. Enjoy the Monday night game. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yep. Thanks Good. For appreciate us. it. Thanks for having us.